But uh, uh, also some other research I heard about recently um, from Eric Weinstein was uh, they like looked at um, the success of women, men and women in academia, like mm -hmm. in physics, and mm. like men would do uh, much better e even after like becoming uh, professors and even after, after tenure. PhDs, yeah, interesting. But, but if they controlled for uh, how agreeable they were, they were like the exact same. So mm. men mm. and women that were the same agreeableness um, ended up being just as productive. Interesting. But, there was a pretty big difference in, in agreement between them. So being disagreeable uh, in that sort of mm. helped a lot in that system. But oh, you were talking about something else. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Jonathan Heights book is really good. But yeah, yeah it, he's one of the many researchers on the differences between or on personality differences between mm. and the vocalization. So I, I guess I think. Yeah, uh, you you were arguing that uh, was an argument for biological determinism, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's an element of that in, in what Peterson says, or at least there's a that you can easily interpret it that way, and I think a lot of people do interpret it that way. But, I mean, the idea that Democrats and Republicans are biologically different, which I mean, and I haven't read Jonathan Haidt's uh, book, but I have, you know, I'm a political science major. I work with a, a professor that does early voting, and um, I've seen at least some of the research. And there is, I mean, there are personality traits that are different between Democrats and Republicans, but all that proves is what I just said. It doesn't prove which one causes the other. Maybe Republicans have different personality traits. I've been a Republican, now I'm a Democrat. Maybe my personality changed when I changed parties. Maybe it, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of different things. Or maybe it's a third thing that influences both of them. It doesn't lead directly to, to biology. And I do think biology is a dangerous argument because what if someone is biologically Antifa? Like to take it to an extreme, like an absurdity. Like what if somebody is biologically incapable of having a conversation? Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like there's only one logical solution to that and it's a terrible one. So. I actually had the same question when you first told me about this, but your answer was like, personality is something you develop early and doesn't change. So I, I mean, it, it changes, but not that much. Um, so I guess your point was like that if personality develops early and doesn't change that much, then it couldn't be that your political differences caused your personality to change. Mm -hmm. or, or, well, okay. I guess I was going to say um, I think Jordan Peterson's making the same argument that Jonathan Haidt is. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's it is basically the same argument and. The conclusion that Jonathan Haidt and people like him come with usually is that we should be more open-minded about um, like our own political affiliations and about other people's affiliations because we think that we come up with um, our political beliefs based on like looking at the evidence, but mm -hmm. really if, if it's more based on our uh, personalities, if, if that plays a large role in how we identify politically, then. Like maybe we have we have a lot to learn from the other side. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, so I think that's the conclusion that Jordan Peterson came to. I, I didn't. I don't think he was arguing that. Uh, yeah, people can't change, so we shouldn't uh, do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I agree. That's you know at the the thing we were all at. That is absolutely where we ended up was the idea that we need to we need to value the other side and, and come together, which is. I mean, I really like that a lot. Um, 
But I, I do think there's a certain relentless logic to this. And if it's true, then we should discuss it. But um, if personality is established very early, and if that early established and hard to change personality leads to political affiliation, and if some of those political affiliations are people that refuse to have dialogue, then there aren't that many solutions available to us for them. And I feel like that's an elephant that needs to be addressed by Peterson and other people that are advocating this. Like, if there's a way to get rid of that elephant, then by God, I want to hear it, but we have to talk about it, you know? Well, I mean, strictly speaking, I, I don't think uh, anyone who's doing research in that field like, is obligated to, you don't think. They're not obligated, but I think that it's part of the conversation, and it seems crazy to me that we're not talking about it. I mean, no one's obligated to do anything, but I, I am sitting here. I'm going to go ahead and be on the record. This is amazing, you know, this, this, this record that we're definitely maybe going to publish. Uh, to criticize Peterson for not addressing it, I think it's important. Um, I think Wait, what, somebody needs to. What, what's, what's the criticism? I, I think it needs to be a, the idea that if... Politics are determined by personality, and if some political viewpoints refuse to negotiate or to have any kind of dialogue, mm -hmm. what do we do with those people? Like, that's a really important question, and the fact that it's just, it seems it seems like a really obvious question to me. I mean, you had it, I had it, you know, we're, we're talking about it, you've probably heard it elsewhere. Um, this seems like something that should be discussed, and it, it isn't. I feel like it's just kind of being deliberately left unsaid, which means that people can interpret it any way they choose. I don't like that. I think that um, my kind of takeaway from him talking about that was that he was basically do doing a defense. Like he was not in the position to start arguing his own topic at that mm -hmm. uh, junction. I think it was more about how there are people that think that we should reverse gender differences and that everything uh, that is different about sexes and genders is bad and that mm -hmm. if we got rid of it, then everything would be better. And by him saying that it's more inherent than that, it's not just about society, that it is determined a lot by your genetics and whatever else, then it would be bad to try and force people to act against that. I see, so extrapolating to political stuff, it's bad to force everyone to like be centrist, we should embrace right. our differences and try to, you know, let's... So if you're like, you're a Republican, so mm -hmm. I don't trust you or want to have a conversation right. with you, but it turns out that you don't like them just because they're slightly less agreeable, then you're just masking that as a political affiliation. You're mm -hmm. disgust of their personality. <laughs> That's compelling. I hadn't really thought of it like that. Um, yeah, I think a lot the... of Democrats think that Democrats. way. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I, I'm definitely familiar with the people who are like, you're disgusting, get away from me, don't ever, you know, unfriend all Trump supporters, that crap. But, I mean, I see what you mean about Peterson's, in this case, the idea of like erasing difference being bad, and then you know, I agree with that. I, I still, you know, especially considering that like that very night, you know, Antifa was outside, you know, mm -hmm. telling him to get out of town, and I forget what their exact phrases were. They were very funny, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what what do we do with those people? You know, <clears throat> to me, that question really comes down to like, what do we do with anyone that has problems in society? Like, mm -hmm. there are ways to get help, and. It's not always that you have like a mental problem, but God, no. God, <laughs> sometimes <no>. you do. <laughs> well. So would it, if we decided that uh, this was the case, would people that have radical uh, political beliefs be deemed like uh, crazy or something? Right, exactly. Like, is it a sign of mental illness or like personality disorder? I mean, look, I know this, it's, it's ridiculous, right? Because no one's actually doing this except... <laughs> 
it follows logically, so I worry right. about it. And I mean, there are elements right now who are basically saying, I mean, the, the people who are like defriend all Trump supporters, they're all racist, they're actually engaging in something similar. Like, you can't change them. I get yelled at, you know, like, why are you talking to people? They can't be reached. You'll never change them. Like, and that's the same argument, but in a way worse direction. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting how it's almost the same. Yeah. But it's like at the same of a different level. It's not that there are reasons for being different from you or out of their control, which would be like, I guess the more friendly Jordan Peterson side of it yeah. versus that they don't have any control of how, how they are. So you just don't even engage don't even with bother. them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the reason like people like Kite and Peterson have been adjusted is just like those people aren't very significant or don't seem significant to them. I mean, yeah, I, they're like what one percent or less of the population. Most people are Democrats or Republicans, and then there's some research on libertarians because those mm -hmm. are uh, like the largest block other than liberal conservatives. And there, there's a little bit of that in Heightsville. So I, 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 yeah, I think it would be a lot more alienating if like for them to focus on like the ninety nine percent. Well, I mean, history is, is often made by the 1%. I mean, the, the extremes... I don't think Antifa and, and the alt-right are going to make history. You really hope you're right, like a lot. <laughs> like every day, I hope that's true. I, I think... I think, uh, yeah. I think Antifa could have an impact on the Democratic Party. I mean, I think the alt-right is having an impact on the Republican Party. I don't think all Republicans are Nazis, but I think that uh, the party is definitely moving in a direction slowly, but it's not one that I enjoy a lot. Um, we might disagree on that, but... Yeah, well, I mean, what, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I think Donald Trump, the phenomenon of Donald Trump, who has refused to clearly, or even sometimes unclearly, denounce things like white supremacists or the endorsement of him by David Duke. Um, it took him, what, three days to denounce David Duke? I mean, that's a that's a one sentence, no, fuck that guy. Like, look, that took me three seconds. It was easy. Um, that's one person. It is, but he's, a, he's the president. He was elected by a lot of people. And I know he was elected by a lot of people who didn't like everything that he did, but just the fact that they put that seal of approval on him, that popular seal of approval, legitimizes I mean, his ideas. I mean, then because of that. All the same, though, I mean, he, they, he, he became president with those ideas, which means that those ideas aren't anathema in the way that I think they were before that election. Um, okay, I can disagree on that. It's fair. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of go down the, I, I definitely get what you're saying, but it goes down the alley of like, if there are people that agree with you that also think other bad things, then mm -hmm. you must be a bad person, right? Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's emphatically not what I'm saying, right? Like, I mean, I know people who voted for Trump for various reasons that had like legitimately nothing to do with racism. And they were willing to overlook some of the things that Trump said or did because they wanted to change because Hillary was a crap candidate, which she was, um, all those things. And, um, and yet, because he's been elected and because he's got, you know, that seal of approval, I still think that despite their intentions, which were fine, it still legitimizes and mainstreams things, even if it wasn't intentional, even if the people aren't bad. And I mean, the people that swung the election, I mean, mm -hmm. you could basically say there are people that voted for Obama that 
switched over over yeah. to Trump. And I, yeah. I, I mean, there's a referendum on the Democratic uh, Party that I wish they'd listened to more. Um. Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean that says something about. I mean, I doubt there like there was a racist <laughs> group of people that voted for Obama that didn't want to vote for Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. and voted for Trump instead. Yeah, and, I, mean, and I, I wouldn't call it a seal cruel abuse. I, I mean, people that vote for Trump don't endorse everything he does. I mean, they might hate Hillary more than Trump. I mean, there's a million mm-hmm. reasons. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't think it's. I think calling well, it a seal approval is like a very good democratic tactic to be like, oh, if they they all approve of Trump and everything he does, but I don't think that yeah. reflects the way people actually voted for the presidency. Maybe it reflects the way people voted for Hillary for some people. So I guess I should maybe I, I let me try to rephrase what I meant because I agree I don't I don't think that like a vote for Trump was a vote for racism like necessarily although for some people possibly probably for or, some people, or that the racists but, swung the or vote, that, right yeah yeah no I don't think so they um, voted Republican regardless <laughs> yeah right no I don't think yeah the, yeah they were they were already here but um, I do think that it. I guess the, the idea of mainstreaming, right? So like now we have a precedent in this country where a president can take three days to denounce David Duke's endorsement of him before he's elected. And like, that's just a thing that's happened. Like we elected that guy, which means that the bar for what is and isn't acceptable in pol- politics has shifted. Even if it, no one intended it to shift, even if no one was like, I'm gonna move that bar. Like that bar is, has moved, that, that bar is now different. And that's an important effect, I think. I guess I, where I wanted to disagree was that the alt right is having is like moving the Republican Party in one way. Like maybe mm-hmm. I mean Trump is moving what's acceptable in America in some way, but mm-hmm. I I don't see that reflected in like any other Republicans, like mm-hmm. any actual like representatives or mm-hmm. the platform or anything like that or like think tanks or anything like that. Yeah, I mean. There have been like some state senate candidates that have been like actual Nazis recently, but I mean, look, there's always crazy state like, senate candidates have, have that doesn't. But I'm yeah. actually not. I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. So, I mean, the fact that they're running at all is interesting to me. I am willing to like. I mean, look, state senators, right? There's always crazy ass state senators. They're they're nobody. Um, it's interesting. I don't. Hmm. I mean, I do feel like they've shifted discourse in this country to where like people are talking about Nazis in a way that we've never talked about Nazis before. <laughs> We're talking about issues of, of race in a way that maybe we haven't talked about race before. And I think that that pressure does come somewhat from the alt-right. Well, I think the reason we're talking about Nazis is the alt-right, but just as equally, it's like, uh, like the people that are talking about them. It's, it's mostly individuals, right? Like it's it's like a lot of they get a lot of media attention and they get a lot of like attacks from liberal politicians or democratic politicians because it's mm-hmm. it looks very good to not to be on the opposite side. And yeah, yeah. Um, no, like I don't. I, I think mean, that... it's it's like the it's everything that any like uh, anyone who opposed Trump wanted. Or it's like they wanted to. Uh, um, Kind of be vindicated in their belief that he was associated with Nazis, and then, mm-hmm. and I mean, uh, I, I don't think there's been any significant uh, Nazi presence, and I, I think we talk about them way more than they deserve to be talked about. <laughs> I mean, even compared to Antifa, they're they're like minuscule. They are. 
Um, Wasn't there the rally recently? The DC rally with the 20 people. (laughs) That was so funny. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, It's it's an interesting time for the alt-right because like last year, I mean, they showed up in, you know, reasonable numbers. I understand it was like in the hundreds and not even the thousands. Charlottesville? Yeah, Charlottesville. Um, That was fucking terrible. I think they've shifted. I think other rallies are getting more attention. I think maybe they got ahead of themselves. And this is something I'm, I, I have no... It's something I suspect, I don't know, but I mean, two weekends before the Charlottesville thing, you know, Patriot Fair here in Oregon got about 400, 300, probably more like 300 people. Um, and they came from all over the country. I think those are people that maybe last year would have bought a ticket to Charlottesville. I can't prove it, obviously. I haven't taken a survey or talked to them. I don't think they want to talk to me, but um, <laughs> this year they, they took a, a plane ride to Patriot Prayer, which is a group that I would describe as alt-light. They, they're not overtly racist. They're not white supremacists. Their, their actual words are quite moderate most of the time, but I think it's a, it's a way to shift dialogue in a way that isn't so... It, I think it gathers less... Man, I'm not being very articulate. It's a gray area. It's more of a gray area. It confuses people more than like showing up with an actual Nazi flag. Like that's pretty, yeah. like you kind of know what's going on there. But if you show up with an American flag and you talk about free speech a lot, then I think sometimes people get a little bit confused, especially because there are people in that same audience that really are there with like an American flag and free speech ideas that they like legitimately believe in. I think it gets mixed up. So I, I suspect what we're seeing with Charlottesville is a change of tactics more than anything, but I can't prove it and I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, and then, yeah, the all right just did very badly after Charlottesville. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't make a year after. Like it's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not much of it. Yeah. Although, I mean, I, I still, I think it's a mistake to think that um, the battle for, for the ideas, you know, or is going to be fought on the streets. They, they didn't show up this year to D.C., but I'm pretty sure they're still on the internet. Um, the Daily, or not the Daily Storm, the Stormfront, like the actual Nazis, like I believe about a month ago, went private, booted all inactive accounts. Um, we don't know what they're talking about or what they're doing. Alan is, isn't it? Yeah. Do you, well, like, do you know uh, Alan? Wait. Is it? I, I don't think I do, actually. He's a friend of mine that goes through them. He's like a communist, but oh, he shit. goes on the stormfront like three hours a day. <laughs> oh, jeez. He's, he's a moderator. So. No shit. So, oh, I gotta talk to that yeah, guy. <laughs> he must have access to. I, I mean, he probably won't say anything interesting. <laughs> he yeah. just finds like <laughs> just ridiculous like uh, recipe posts and <laughs> stuff like that. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just gotta eat. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Holy shit! What a what a hobby! Damn. Yeah, yeah he, he looks at it for. Completely different reasons than you would. <laughs> <laughs> Entertainment or just like other stuff? Just like make fun of them, I think. Huh. Just, I, I don't know. understand it. As a moderator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, that's like, that's some commitment to trolling. I mean, especially if it's a subtle, like, troll. I don't know. Damn. Do you think that, so I guess that your point was probably not that Trump has created new neo-Nazis. Like he doesn't, mm-hmm. he hasn't convinced people to be neo-Nazis. No, I don't think Trump has. No, he's shifted the discussion to be more inclusive of neo-Nazi ideas. Yeah, I think there are things that are acceptable to say now that weren't acceptable to say before, and I think there's such a thing as people locking down acceptability too much to where we can't discuss like legitimate, interesting questions. I also think that social pressure, and I think Peterson would actually agree with me on this, that social pressure can be a very effective way to keep bad ideas out. 
And I think Nazism is a very bad idea, and I don't have any particular issue with social pressure keeping those ideas out. And I think that social pressure is weak and considerably. Hmm. Do you think it's, I mean, you can consider weakened to be a measure of like the mean of all of the pressures in all the areas of mm. discussion. Mm -hmm. um, but that could also be an effect of just polarization of like certain yeah. areas are super accepting, even more accepting now, and then other areas yeah. who are not very accepting and now are even less even accepting. Less. Yeah. So what would you say mm -hmm. seems to be more accurate? I mean, I definitely polarization. I mean, you can, God, you can see it, right? I mean, <laughs> especially, and I think, I mean, that's, I feel like the Antifa, like, I think they, a lot of them have very good intentions, some of them, a lot of them. But um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, by polarizing things and locking down what's acceptable to such a degree, the far left is uh, alienating people that they're going to lose to the far right if things keep going like they are. And we can't really afford that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Because I guess I, it just seems a little weird to me when you said that like the discussion is shifting to be more inclusive of neo-Nazis because mm -hmm. in pretty much like any place, the inclusivity of neo-Nazis has either decreased or it was always already neo-Nazi and now it's hyper neo-Nazi. Yeah, and I see, I see what you're saying. Um, I, I think the battle is over the middle. And I feel like there's always been like on the you know like the, the people who think about things on the left and like liberal neoliberal then you know far left whatever that whole area has always just been like yeah fuck that, and then a lot of the people on the right have also been like yeah fuck that, but at this point I think the right has expanded a little bit to the right to include some of that, and I think that the people in the middle who don't really have an opinion are now being exposed to that. And especially as they're getting yelled at more from the left, they might become more politicized and polarized and then they go that direction. I don't know if that even addresses what you were saying. I feel like it didn't. I, I think it does too, uh, in the case of like, like it's, it's gathering more fringe groups onto the main body of, I guess. The yeah, group. yeah. I mean, same with the left, like there's more people talking about killing millionaires and like all white people need to shut the fuck up than there's there's been before, I think. And that's like not great either. Yeah, to me, that seems to be the, the force is like people are splitting into their groups and it's it's more. I, I mean, I don't know particularly what would have caused a neo-Nazi revolution in America. Like, it's not like mm -hmm. Trump was elected because he was so great in all these ways. Like. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. some extent he was charismatic but he was mm -hmm. mostly elected because people liked him so yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's really more indicative of cultural shifts like people are polarizing because our culture is polarizing yeah and, and that's why people voted for Trump right and it's, it's because of and we had like Obama for eight years and we had a culture where like less than things less things were acceptable to say and and Trump from the very beginning was the anti-PC candidate. He just said what he thought. And blurred is kind of the, the caricature of, of the other side. Yeah. I mean, and I would I, say, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's why I'm, 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 I'm happy that, uh, that it's, if, there is, if the environment is um, less polarized, if people are more happy to say more things, I'm, I'm happy with that. Because I don't, at least that I see, I don't see that there's been any increase in uh, the legitimacy of Nazi ideas in the public. I'm not sure I agree on the second point. 
there have been more people saying things like, and I mean, it's subtle. I'm not saying there are more people like going around giving the Nazi salute, but I think there's more people who are rabidly anti-immigrant than there used to be. And I don't mean like we shouldn't let them in because of welfare. We shouldn't let them in because, I mean, we shouldn't let them in because they're animals. Like I feel like that's increased. And that, look, that's verging on, on racial ideology. The idea that people that aren't like us are animals. I see it a lot more on Facebook. Maybe it's because of the company that I keep, but I mean, <laughs> I don't keep company with that many right-wing people, and yet I've, I've heard people say, um, what was the latest one? The street shitters shouldn't be let in. The what street the, what? The street shitters, oh. you know, from like Middle Eastern company, countries, like where my dad's from. Like, if I'd known that it was an option to shit in the street, I would have spent a lot less time looking for restrooms, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no one told you. <laughs> yeah, damn it. I mean, that's mostly people that, I mean, thought those things before, but just weren't voicing. Exactly. That's the whole thing, though. Like, that's the whole... But I, I mean, I, I feel like it's not a solution to just shut them up forever. I don't think that's completely true, though. Because I think I think it's not that they had those ideas and they weren't talking about them with anyone. They felt like they couldn't. I think they were. But it's just now that each side is getting pushed further apart from the other that they have to listen to them now. Like... Do you have you, uh, you you feel like you're limited from the other side, so you turn to your own side? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these the other side will, uh, yeah, will kind of cast you out. So, maybe. but I, I I mean I think it is the problem with like someone who's anti-immigrant and has like legitimate arguments about it if they're just cast out as racist mm-hmm. out of hand, which I think is the case in. It's probably the case I read. It's probably it's the case in a lot of places. And Do you think that's I, become I think more or less the case since Trump's become president? I would I argue it's, it's, become, it's more. become more the case, but they feel freer to say. What they, want. <laughs> they feel freer to be racist. <laughs> or no, well, that's not what I'm saying. Though. I, I know. I was more anti-immigrant. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think people should be talk, able to talk about uh, immigration policy without. Um, the first accusation being of racism. No, I, I totally agree. And I think the other thing that that does, and this is, I guess, kind of what I mean when I say that I think people are being pushed more to the right, is that what it effectively does is you're like, you know, or a, a human being is like, I don't think we should let immigrants in. And then I'm like, well, that's a racist piece of shit thing to say. And then they're like, how dare you? I'm not racist. And then someone else over here is like, yeah, you know, screw those immigrants. They're animals. And this guy's like, oh, yeah, I agree with you. And then I'm like, that guy's racist. And you're like, well, that's what you said to me. Like, he's not racist. How could he be racist? Even though he's super racist. And then suddenly you have people becoming close with people that maybe before they would have been revolted by, but now they seem like a better alternative than the terrifying other and I think that's how polarization is happening. Yeah, I think it's kind of two axes. There's the axis of like polarization between the groups as a whole. Mm-hmm. And then there's the axis of the ability for you to say what you want in your group, right? Because it's yeah. like, let's say you're a neo-Nazi. Now you can just talk out into the public and people will read your Daily Stormer <laughs> uh, <laughs> articles. Mm-hmm. Or but, at least pass on your memes, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they'll, they'll either treat you as a troll or they'll just like be like, okay, this is our culture now. But obviously on the, the other side, like they'll think you're a racist if you say even the slightest thing that's not up to partisan standards. So it's, it's as if the groups are pulling apart, but within your group, it's expanding what you can say. 
or at least that's, that's what I'm taking. Well, is it? It's like is on it the expanding. Isn't it becoming narrower? Like the smart stream. Well. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'm talking about like from the point of view of an extremist. Yeah. Like if you're on the left, you can declare that it's bad for America to exist and we should have no borders. Like that's an okay thing to say now. Yeah. I, I think the Democratic Party has a lot has had a lot more influence than radical ideas recently. Because I mean, like I was saying, I, I don't see any mainstream like presidential candidates, for example, in the Republican Party that are even remotely like alt right or associated with that, but I mean, I, you, I think you see some, I mean, people like Bernie are like serious presidential contenders on the Democratic side. No, I don't see anything resembling that on uh, the right. I guess I would, I don't think maybe Bernie is as extreme as you're suggesting there. I don't think he's a communist. In fact, I, I mean, you were agreed so, like, and there are people here that think Bernie's a, Bernie's a piece of shit. People don't like him because he's not extreme enough. He's not a real communist. He didn't really support, you know, correctly support race issues or intersectionalism. I mean, so I'm not sure that he's really as far left as I, I mean, the right I, person is right. I mean, people I read, I mean, those people are off the spectrum. Not, <laughs> not, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I just, I guess I don't just think, and I agree, like there is, like there's not a mainstream alt-right presence in the uh, the Republican Party, but I think that the alt-right is nonetheless becoming more mainstream in our society. And they started from like zero mainstreamness. So even just going up to like 0.05 mainstreamness is still an increase. And maybe it's a flash in the pan and it'll go away soon. We'll all come to our damn mm-hmm. senses. But, you know, if we don't, it'll be interesting. Yeah, interesting is a good word for it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have a lot to write about. Yes, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, everyone else. I'll have fun, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, what makes you interested in it? Like, what drew you to this topic? I I really am interested in the way that normal normal human beings become Nazis. Um, I guess I find that endlessly fascinating. I've always found it fascinating. I spent a lot of my childhood reading about Nazis and wondering how they did it and why. And, I mean... In a lot of ways, I guess, like, look, I, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of, like, angry, like, militaristic, I was, you know, the angry, militaristic 18-year-old dude, kind of. Like, I mean, I joined the army, I really like the idea of violence as a solution. Like, I kind of get the appeal, and I think it's interesting figuring out how to fight that appeal, because it has to be fought. I mean, you can't do that, it's bad. Have you tried video games? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I don't mean that like I have dreams of becoming a secret Nazi. I just mean that like I understand how like let's go and fight people is like, oh yeah, that actually does sound pretty fun, you know? And I think that's like the Proud Boys pitch right now, you know, like, hey, you know, come come with us, we'll punch each other and talk about breakfast cereals and battle the antifun, it'll be great fun. And I think a lot of people, based on what I've read, you know, in the in the you know, in Germany as well, people join up for the adventure and the excitement and that's a that's a pretty compelling reason to join, and I, it's interesting how how does that become like militant, organized totalitarianism, and how do you stop it? Yeah, well, us on the other hand had to have a draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely a really interesting way to approach it. Yeah, it, it it's it's weird to think like that possibility is within everyone under yeah. various circumstances. 
Yeah. But it's something that you can grapple with and learn experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I do. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with people who like think, oh, you know, if I'd been, you know, Thomas Jefferson, I wouldn't have owned slaves. Like, yeah, exactly. the hell, yes, you would. You would have. <laughs> and if you'd been born in 1930s Germany or the 19, you know, whatever, if you were around then, you probably would have been a Nazi. And how do you stop that? And what? Yeah, it's just, yeah, recognizing that we all have the potential to be terrible. Yeah. It is definitely like uniting and moralizing to have an enemy to fight against, for sure. Yeah. Like, it's so funny to me how in the media, for every little thing, they refer to it as a war or a battle or the enemy yes. that's going out to fight the alt right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. the whole point is not to fight them. <laughs> like, that's right. what we're That's what they want. <laughs> they love to fight. That's their favorite. Like, yeah. stop giving them what they want. Everything is termed in, uh, as a conflict of some yeah. physical sort. Yeah, yeah, and we kind of talked about how people end up joining those movements a lot. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I look for like good research on or like books on like the alt right and stuff, but it, there doesn't seem to be any like people that actually go on like internet forums like 4chan and yeah, like people nobody really seems to have a good grasp of democratic uh, concepts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, you, if you know. The best one, I think it's Angela. Angela Nagel wrote a book called Kill All Normies. It's very short. It's really good, I thought. It was like a really good summary of kind of how we got to where we are from the perspective of internet message boards and uh, talking about actually the polarization of like Tumblr versus 4chan. It's really, it was a really good book. I really liked it. But Tumblr yeah, there's not a lot. <laughs> that sounds great. I remember like beginning of high school, I had a lot of friends that were on 4chan. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I remember, yeah, I mean, I've seen it, and it was interesting, but, I mean, it wasn't, yeah, right-wing, well, not, yeah. I mean, it was definitely, like, like, there was racism, but it, it wasn't, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, it didn't have a national scale influence. Yeah, whenever I've come on there, like, when people are racist or stupid, like, it's hard to take it seriously, like, <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I'm sure there are people on there that mean it 100% seriously, but it's just, like, if you're not already in that group, you don't know really how to take it, or at least that's my experience. Yeah, I mean, based on what I've read and heard, I, I never was like a big 4chan user. I mean, I hear it's drifted pretty far right, but like, I mean, one of my best friends on this planet was like a 4chan troll for years, and yeah, it was just, yeah, it wasn't that way. And it's still hard to know when it's that way and when it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the trick. I think, it, oh gosh, who was I? There was this great YouTube channel I was looking at, and they were making an argument about bigoted trolls. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to show that the whole idea of labeling someone a bigoted troll is just like a nonsensical concept. <laughs> because what does that mean? if they're a troll, that means that they're doing something, they're trying to appear a certain way, genuinely, in order to get you to react in, in, a, in an explosive way. But a bigot acts in their way genuinely and also gets you to react right. explosively. So there isn't really a difference yeah. <laughs> between a troll and a bigot if you're just looking at it in the terms they're trying to define you by. Right. Yeah. All that matters is how like you actually feel. And it's just like you're never gonna find that out. Right. With you can't know what's inside someone's mind. User. Yeah, yeah. I mean I do think there's some mix, right? I think some people get a kick out of getting the reaction that might kind of believe what they say. Yeah. It's like the whole Daily Stormer, like, we're joking, we're not joking thing. <laughs> like, it's both, you know? It's entertainment and it's not a joke, it's real. 
and the way it slips under your guard is because it's presented as entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, I was having an argument with someone else recently that was about the purpose of comedy and mm. especially like offensive jokes, racist jokes, Ooh, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And my kind of go-to explanation that I hadn't really thought about a lot, though, was that when you make a racist joke, you're trying to make light of a generalization that most people find in common. Like, you think of some race and you immediately have the stereotype of them. And it makes fun of that by pointing it out to a ridiculous degree. But the point is not to highlight that stereotype and make a point by it, but to make a point that is ridiculous. <laughs> right, the absurdity. Yeah. 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 That's not a racist joke then. No? Yeah. Why? Or, well, okay, how would you racist. explain it? <laughs> it's not right. Well, wait. Uh, I mean, if you're a racist person and you make a joke that is racially motivated, yeah. then I would say that that's a different type of joke. Like, no, that's a racist joke. It's an actual racist <laughs> that's joke. That's not a joke. That's just being racist. <laughs> no, what, what if, it's, if it's funny, like, uh, on its own, it's not a joke. Okay, so, yeah. I got what you That's mean. a good point. There, there, there's kind of two things. I think I agree with you that, like, they... There's like the actual jokes that are racist and then there's co comedians that take stereotypes and blow them up to ridiculous proportions and, and make fun of society for believing that crap. And yeah, it's not very like the, that a mainstream comedian like secretly harbors a hatred of mm -hmm. some race. Probably not, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Who can know, yeah. But the, the reason I was thinking about this was because it's kind of a trend now to make fun of like white people, white males. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's people. actually, that's racist. Right, well, okay. <laughs> See, well, that's what I mean. Well, they're that's both racist. racist, right? They're both racist, whether you mean it or you don't. But I think that there should be a different word that I'm using for it. There should be like uh, race, racially motivated jokes, and then there's racist jokes or like racist jokes in that they're jokes about racism like they're not actually racism racial jokes, racial jokes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> racial jokes and race, racist jokes okay okay there we go so i think that um there is like becoming a fogginess to that when it i guess people are trying to define racism in terms of power structures rather than yeah anything to do with race but to me it seems like that goes right to that problem where like there is such a different reason for making each of those jokes that you can't just switch from one to the other right away and treat it as the same thing. I do think the word race, racist, like, does way too much work. Like, it's not fair to ask one word to do everything that we ask the word racist to do. It's just mean to that <laughs> way. Racism means internalized racism. It can mean, like, the KKK burning a cross. It can mean crossing the street to avoid a black person and then go, oh, my God, I'm a piece of shit. Like, those aren't the same things at all, at all. They're completely different things, and yet we use the same word for all three, and it's bullshit. Me being a Republican. Racist. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst of them all. Yeah. Let's, I mean, like, and it makes racist lose meaning. Like, if you being a Republican is racist, and some dude, like some KKK dude, like stringing up at somebody for being different, if that's the same shit, then like racist, racist means nothing. Like, that word has no meaning. Yeah, it's definitely a, a super hyperinflation. Of yeah. All, yeah. All these terms, like racist or bigot or pretty much or sexist, anything like that. Like, mm -hmm. Obviously, it does have a meaning, and yeah. I think that the meaning is definitely generic. Like, it, it could be a lot of things that it applies to, but when you talk about it in such a flamboyant way, like just whatever you want, it applies to. Yeah.
Yeah, it's really annoying. <laughs> like, yes. In, like news articles, when I read about like Trump being racist, I won't even look at it because I'll assume it's bullshit. <laughs> but sometimes it's real, <laughs> and then I want to see it. Yeah. Oh God, that's been a problem with Trump. It's like the signal to noise ratio is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, this. Yeah. Yeah. Recently, I was talking with uh, some friends, and they mentioned like his speech with Putin, <laughs> like that one, like. I, yeah. Like, I had seen, like, the social media for but I assumed there was, like, nothing. Yeah, right? I looked at it, and it, it was, like, more extreme than most other things he's done. That <laughs> <laughs> was, was pretty crazy. You're not yeah. on tre- Team Putin now? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but you're a Republican, I've seen that, <laughs> No, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's impossible to... Yeah, no, my, my satire bullshit detector is, like, gone. Yeah. I have no idea what satire anymore. So I can't true. tell. Oh, gosh, we... You just showed me recently this thing. Um, oh, what's his name? The Wikipedia guy, Larry Sanger. Oh, yeah. Larry! <laughs> Good old Larry. I miss him. Apparently, he went on Gab.ai for a bit. <laughs> he was checking it out. What is that? <laughs> it's like an alternative Facebook. Oh, oh, yeah. cute. Okay. And <laughs> he was talking about how he had to spend like. The first half of his time on there, like meeting racist people, <laughs> <laughs> and that the was all of Facebook. <laughs> everyone that recommended, everyone recommended it to him. Like you gotta meet all of them. <laughs> what a world! What yeah, a world we live in. he said he'd give it a chance. He was gonna try it again. <laughs> but yes, that is oh, the state we're in. Did you learn, like, are you Facebook friends with him? Because, like, if he's accepting Facebook friends, I'm in. <laughs> I don't think so. <coughs> are yeah, you Facebook friends? you hear about this? I don't think so. You did have told me. I don't know oh, okay. about it. Yeah. I follow him, but I don't think okay. Okay. Yeah, I should do that. I, I miss him from Read Unofficial. I, I disagreed with almost everything <laughs> he said, but he was really refreshing. <laughs> like... Oh my gosh, so true. <laughs> oh. Man, the read unofficial's gone downhill. I posted a thing comparing white nationalists to like identitarian leftists, and nobody told me I was going to hell. <laughs> it's been like an it's been like a day. I don't oh, even man. know what to think anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see, where were we? Right, we were talking about stuff. I guess yeah. we had, we started at Jordan Peterson and moved on to yeah. Albright. Oh, how was the conference? It was Albright. awesome. Um, it was. I really Fire seems like a really good organization. You probably know all this. I did no yeah. research before I went, oh, but yeah. um, they're a, a group that is devoted to free speech on campuses, and you know, seem to be tightly associated with the ACLU. And uh, it was a lot about how to, you know, how to change your free speech code at your school. I was telling Henry like earlier that. If that's something you want to try to do, they have blueprints and like help for that. And they'll apparently, they've just got all these resources that they can use to help you do that. So that's pretty cool. I think I'll apply next year. Yeah, <laughs> got to. Yeah, that was really cool. There's really cool people there. What a, what a unit thing. Like, I got the email about like the different options you had. Like the sessions, which one? Oh yeah, I ended up going with the um, I think it was like the activism, like the changing your school stuff one. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, most of that was for public schools, like you said, mm-hmm. because public schools have to obey the First Amendment, and private schools do not. <laughs> but like I was saying on that chat, um, apparently recruitment materials can be treated as a contract. So if 
like school emphasizes very heavily freedom of speech and discourse, and then you get there and it's not the case, you can uh, you can sue for breach of contract, which, you know. Sounds like greed. Sounds like greed, yeah. <laughs> also, um, things like, and I don't really, I haven't actually dived into uh, the things about funding for various campus groups, but I don't know if you're allowed to discriminate on like base funding for a group based on political viewpoints. In fact, I think it might be explicitly forbidden to do that. And yet here we are with that happening. So that could be a thing. Yeah, not to mention the quests publishing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but, oh yeah, we uh, had the Think Green meeting, by the way. Yes, yes. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah. yeah, I, I want to start like a magazine and like I think we're gonna go for oh I won't be here next semester, I don't know. If if you need a book. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, I mean I'm glad for you. <laughs> like that's awesome that you get to not be here, but I'm sorry too. Yeah. Um yeah, Kaylee is also abroad, so oh. she won't be here. Oh geez, but okay, it's Kay- Kay- yeah. Kaylee was really interested in uh working on that as well. Oh, yeah. And I think Henry and Aditya are more interested in uh, like organizing events and, hmm. and stuff, but I'll, I'll be really focused on on the publication on that. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm super duper in on that. I'd love to be part of that. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It seems like we have a lot of people motivated. So something to pull away. Really cool. Yeah. This could be the this could be the year that this group becomes like a real <laughs> force to be reckoned with. Maybe I hope so. Yeah, some some sort of not really a theme, but I guess to me and some other people, uh, like you and uh, Lita or and Aditya, it seemed like something that would be interesting to write about would be talking about um, what Hume has gone through, mm. sort of in a, a way to record it, and then or, talk also yeah. about yeah. like what I mean, what whatever side you're on, what things you found are important about it, and what problems it had that needed to be solved. And personally, I don't think that what they've done has solved any of those problems. Like, <laughs> I think the they problems. Don't, they don't the, think so, Yeah, I think the problems of the class were not the content; it was the way the class was organized and executed. But I think talking about that would be really good. Yeah, that, it'll be fun. He's, we'll be a part of the conversation as it's happening. He's like the refute chain and stuff. And I think. Yeah. Like students have been really involved at all. Like, they held weekly meetings with Arya. Which was such yeah. horse shit. Why the hell did they get a special it's whatever? Just, yeah. It's insane, yeah. yeah. And then they stopped coming. Just right? Because they yeah. felt like it. Oh That's my the thing. god! Yeah. But they, they still like catered to all, all of their arguments, mm-hmm. even though they didn't yeah. bother to show up to a meeting. Yeah. No, it's been fact. really... Yeah. Not to go back to the racist thing, but it was absolutely fascinating in 2016 to watch the way that like read faculty just like curled up into a tiny fetal position ball when the word racist was like waved in their general direction. It was just fascinating. Yeah, yeah, makes me scared for the future. <laughs> Seriously, and clearly read doesn't give a shit. So yeah, and, like all every single white faculty member, no one said anything. And then like, I think Lucia was the only one that said something, but. And she's not white. Yeah, and well, now she's just like regularly murdered on Facebook for the, the crime of saying something. Colonialized, etc. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, it would be really cool, especially as, as, as it happens, to document how things go for the new class and how they feel about it. And, and yeah, make like make our own sweater and a lot of people 
So you're actually participating, even if okay. the faculty don't take your input. Like, yeah, we'll still, it's fine. Yeah, you have your input. Frankly, I think our big struggle is going to be, you know, putting this out without people throwing it in the garbage, but you know, yeah, cross the bridge when we come to it. Yeah, I think ultimately, yeah, I think the online way is how we're going to get it to most people. Yeah. To have enough copies and then to have enough copies to get to people <laughs> that are being thrown away is <laughs> really, place, yeah. really hard. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but it's a super cool project, and I, I, I think it's definitely within our reach, like, we can achieve it. Yeah, it, it'll be, I don't think it'll be less work than listening to speakers for the, <laughs> for the first time. Yeah, yeah, that was, man, you guys, you all, like, I don't even know. <laughs> it was mostly you, though. <laughs> you were, yeah, I, you, I, I still don't know how you did that. It, it, it was, yeah, it was a lot of work, but it was, like, I mean, largely my fault. I, like, I, I didn't know how to delegate well enough. Stuff like that the next time it'll go a lot more smoothly yeah. yeah that's we talked about that a lot as well um about kind of how to structure the organization because yeah. I, was, I was thinking i really want like some kind of rigid structure so that it exists after we're gone like, yeah. i think that's my main focus like recruitment and kind of having a, a group identity is, is my main focus at this point something you're probably interested in is that one of the first things that we want to do is another kind of meeting for freshmen especially to yeah. give a context to like what has happened throughout the last couple of years and <laughs> yeah. especially with him yeah welcome you're tabling. sit down we have so, things to talk <laughs> yeah so they get a little context because i can just imagine being a freshman coming in like everything's different and you don't even know what it was before <laughs> like, yeah. you like not... last year the freshman class was like whoa wait what <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and uh you're tabling it Tabling? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We're tabling at, uh, wait, at the activity fair? Or? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yes. I mean, otherwise, people won't know to go to the room. But, yeah, that should be nice. You, like, for freshmen, it's, I mean, it's a cultural change, even if we yeah. don't have the human stuff going on. Yeah. It'll, it'll be nice to come into our uh, upperclassmen yes. to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another, I mean, that can be a plug to just be like, look, you know, you might not seem like you're interested now, but like, just keep in mind if you ever feel like you can't express yourself on this campus, like we're here, you should, you know, quietly email us, you know, we're not snitches, just, you know, reach out. Like, we have a safe space. Just that's right. Them. This is safe. It's a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> really, it is. Like... You should get going on books. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the uh, something that we should also definitely emphasize is that the point of our group is not to convert you to our opinions, but yeah. it's just a place to, to mm -hmm. have dialogue. And that I think, like, kind of a lot of people that are going to be a John Doerr group, and especially who we are, is kind of like, we are all kind of like counterculture and read. Yeah, we're the counter-counterculture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, even within a group, I mean, look, I'm, I'm like... I'm, def I'm, like, I'm definitely a Democrat. We've had a lot of disagreements like tonight. I mean, the Thinkery is not an ideological group. It's a group that shares the idea that we should all be able to talk about shit without yelling at each other. Yeah, exactly. Just, well there's said. nothing partisan about that <laughs> at all. Yeah, there shouldn't be. Actually, I mean, yeah. yeah, we don't have any conservatives other than like possibly me. But like, I, <laughs> yeah. came, I came in pretty liberal and like, I don't even know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean... Do you know any conservatives that read? <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I, 
Yeah. They only come out after Reed. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't know if they're single considerably already. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I want to say that I'm considerably, but I mean, I'm not a real one. <laughs> It's so hard, like, read conservative versus, like, real conservative. I mean, yeah, by, by read standards, I'm a conservative shit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, in, in my personal circles, I'm, like, a crazy liberal, so whatever. I don't know. Emily, where would you say you fall? Uh, I mean, I try to maintain the title of libertarian. But... It's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think that I, I'm just kind of, like, in terms of partisanship, I don't think it's useful to yeah. decide on one. So that's why I use Libertarian pretty much. Like, I, I don't even know what the Libertarian Party does. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Nothing, mostly fights. Yeah. Yeah. So those, I'm happy with that. Those driving um, driving licenses. Oh, yes. Yeah. Burn the roads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wouldn't it be great to be a conservative? Just to say that. <laughs> yeah, Stand up. Say. Have like a, you know, my name is X, I'm a conservative. <laughs> Hi, X. <laughs> oh my God. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh Set your name in political leaning. There we go. <laughs> we'll all say hi. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this will probably be their first time using pronouns too. So. Yes. <laughs> Get a new style. Yep, yep, yep. Oh man, that was I, I honestly thought they were joking. When they asked for my pronouns the first time. Like I yeah, I couldn't believe it. I mean, pronouns are fine, I like them now, but I didn't I wasn't used to that. First time I was asked, I was like, uh, and then they're like, Oh, he and his and I'm like I just laughed because I'm like, is it the entire point that you're right, did you just assume my gender after asking me my gender? That does seem a bit odd. <laughs> the best is to say something like he and he. <laughs> <laughs> like ah. Oh, oops. Yeah. 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 I'm curious on your thoughts on this, but it's like it seems to me, like I, I totally get the whole pronoun thing in terms of that. Uh, like, if you want to be respectful to someone, it's fine to use whatever pronoun they come up with. But it seems like a lot of people postulate the argument in terms of respect that it's like a sign mm -hmm. of respect to use someone's pronoun. Mm -hmm. But to me, like, I don't get any respect uh, from someone calling me a he or whatever they, if they decide to refer to me without knowing my gender. So yeah. it seems almost manufactured to say that like a pronoun is a source of respect. Maybe it's a source of non-disrespect. I could see that. Yeah, I feel like that's more like it's like disrespectful to purposefully misgender somebody or something, which I mean, it, it is. You're basically saying, hey, that thing you think you are, I don't think you are, and I care more about my opinion than your feelings. And that's, you know, that's like, a, I feel like that's a working definition of disrespect, you know? like. But I mean, to that, some extent, if yeah. you're like forcing someone to use a pronoun oh, yeah. when they will happily regard to you without a pronoun, maybe, <laughs> then that seems to me that you're trying to get something out of the pronoun besides just not being disrespected. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, nobody has a right to not be disrespected. Like, that's not how respect works. You can't force people to respect you. I, I try not to misgender people. I fail because I'm fucking terrible at it. But I try really, legitimately, I try so hard not to. And it's important to me not to. But that's because I think it's right, not because I'm scared. Like, if somebody thinks that 
pronouns are bullshit and they want to be that asshole, like I might not talk to them and I think probably trans people won't either, but um, <laughs> eh, that's like, that's a personal right. Everyone's got a right to be an asshole, you know? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> like, what do you, yeah. No, yeah, I definitely see what, like, I mean, mm. I think it is respectful to use someone's pronouns if they yeah. decide that that's what they want to use. But I think that I would take it personally as disrespectful if they required me to use those pronouns regardless of what I thought of it. Like, if they thought of me as someone who was disrespecting, disrespecting them, if I refused to use the pronouns but use some other alternative, let's say, like mm-hmm. they or something, right? Yeah, no, I... I... If we have as many pronouns as we have names, the pronouns become meaningless. <laughs> yes. I, I like they a lot, Good. but I, I just I'm just don't have the intelligence to go beyond <laughs> they. I, I can do three, you know? Any more than that, and I'm probably going to either avoid pronouns or just like not talk to that person because I don't think they probably want to hear anything I have to say on any subject. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> It's not because I'm disrespecting them, it's just because I don't want to misgender them, and so I'm going to avoid it, yeah. you know? That is such a funny point. It's like, <laughs> if, if people really want the pronouns to be important, like, just use your name. Like, <laughs> right, like, and that would be fine, right? I would do that. I could actually manage that. And The whole point of the pronoun is to make a generalization. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was funny. I thought of a good um, analogy to what you were saying earlier about um, people acting in a way that, or like they're 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 not thinking they're trying to make themselves happy, but they are like I would say they are making themselves happy. It's mm-hmm. like people have sex for fun, right? But why do we enjoy having sex? Why do we do it? It's to make babies. Although that's not why everyone has sex, right? They don't what? think they're doing that. No. People don't just have sex for fun. That's it's not it's not very motivating to do something that's very fun. But well, people do. People like I mean, they, of the instances, sex drive, it's like well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's why you have a sex drive. No, no, that's not why. <laughs> Wait, what? People Wait. don't have a... What? Wait, what Wait. else would we... Wait, what? <laughs> I think we have a sex Wait. drive because right. we're meant to reproduce. I jumped in too quick. Um, yeah, but it's like a different kind of motivation than the motivation to have fun. Just like altruism mm-hmm. is a different kind of motivation than just feel good i mean i haven't done a survey but based on my observations of humanity people seem to just do it because it's fun though i mean sometimes often well that's what they think they're doing it for but the real reason they like it is because they're evolved to reproduce good rat good rat make babies good rat I don't know. I just I mean, there, there's a lot of things that are like extremely fun to do, like heroin, but you don't have like something analogous to a sex drive or anything else. Like, yeah, it's, it's like nothing else. <laughs> it's not good. I mean, heroin's like a hack. I mean, that's the trouble. Like heroin, like hijacks the whole reward process and just cuts to the chase. Like we're just gonna give you that chemical that makes you happy instead of you having to do something to get it. I mean, that's. I like like it's an entirely different thing from anything we do. Yeah. I guess that gets to the eudaimonia point, right? That's what's missing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we 
Yeah, we've, yeah, that's, uh, I would, I would, I would say that's probably not eudaimonia <laughs> based on <laughs> my admittedly unscientific survey of addicts, but, uh, yeah. Aristotle obviously enjoy. never tried heroin. <laughs> 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 Can neither confirm nor deny this statement, but, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, that was just a side thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think, uh, I think there's more to people's psychology than uh, happiness. But I mean, there's more, but happiness is there, surely. Like, you, you, you can have fun doing the, the things that you're evolved to naturally do. But I think that you would also say that the reason that you've been doing those things is because of the evolved reason. Uh, like, uh, you do good, good things to people because you're evolved to have that person feelings. Yeah, like it helps you, and you're. I guess it also helps other people. But the reason that you do it is because of that, not because of whatever. Because, of what? because it, it's helpful to you. It makes you better. Helping people makes you better, and that's why people do it. Yeah, I mean, it's helpful. Like, if we were living in a Hobbesian uh, dystopia, right, where no one did anything for anyone else, then it would just be anarchy. But we live so in a much better society because we help each other, right? So it helps. Well, something that's good for society and something that's good for you in particular are very different. Or something that's good for your species and something that's good for you in particular are very different. Well, definitely, okay, there are particulars, right? But the your genes don't change once you're born, right? Like, they have some pattern of morals that they've decided is the best average route for you in society. <laughs> not, not really. Morals are like the cultural thing superimposed on your uh, biology. But, but there yeah, here's something interesting. Why is politics personality based, but morals not? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's correlation, but I don't really see that. I think that there are definitely morals that are pretty ubiquitous among cultures. Well, it is, but it's it's been developed alongside the biology. Like when you're born, you're not born with it. You're not born with the developed moral systems. Like, but, like culture develops and uh, biology develops, but uh, for any single individual, like you don't carry.